KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Well, that was all familiar. Basketball played in the evening. Thunder First Take Postgame Show. Brady Trantham here. Chisholm Holland in the studio. Jerry Ramsey joining us for this segment. Now, I'm not going to tell you what just happened because I want to get this out there first. The Thunder shot 5 of 24 from the three-point line. Now, listeners, if I just told you that and you haven't watched the game, what would you think? Exactly. You're wrong. The Thunder just defeated the LA Lakers 105-86. to They ran them out of the gym and they shot 5 of 24 from the three-point line. No, this is not 1997. This is 2020. The Thunder did it behind some very strong performances behind Stephen Adams, Chris Paul, the point god himself, Shea Gillis Alexander. Not that much to write home about, but wasn't as turnover prone as he was in the game the other night against the Denver Nuggets. Overall, gentlemen, a Really good bounce-back performance uh, when you consider that against the Nuggets, the Thunder turned the ball over a ton. They played a team that were that was down three starters, so they probably should have won. And then they really should have won had Chris Paul missed that free throw. Who knows if the Lakers really were locked in for this one. They have, they have already locked up the number one seed overall in the Western Conference. But again, anytime, Chisholm, you get a win over the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James, Anthony Davis, a lot to be excited for. Lot to be excited for. Uh, not to steal a joke from Jerry Ramsey, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis did play. So this was not one of those cop out. The Lakers had locked up the one seed. Everything was a okay. Uh, walking to victory just based off the back of uh, Alex Caruso being the Lakers' best player. This is a legitimate win. Uh, and what I will say is, just like the the way the Denver game for me was a positive because the Thunder played so poorly and still had a chance to win. I don't think the Thunder really threw out their A game here either. No, they, no one really did. <laughs> and they ran away with it. Now, I would say, as I, Jerry, as you and I can talk to, Brady is not really much in this category, as basketball players, we could say, when, it, when an official is calling a ton of fouls, it's, had, it's hard to have a lot of rhythm. And they were calling fouls on both teams. I mean, just constantly. And it felt like a clunky game. And it felt like maybe some of the officiating played a role there. But the Thunder got it figured out, and the, the Los Angeles Lakers did not. And I don't think the Lakers are a good matchup for the Thunder. But somehow, some way, I mean, they held Anthony Davis to nine points. I mean, I, that's a big that's a big success story for this Thunder team. Let me throw out some numbers. Let me, I'm going to throw out four numbers to you guys. Ready for this? 18, 27, 21, and 20. No, those are not the ages of the women that I dated after my first divorce. Those are each quarter what the Thunder held the Lakers to. 18 points in the first quarter. 27, I mean, that's legal drinking age, that's fine. 21 in the third and 20 in the fourth. Uh, My dudes, my friends, my bros, chief, the defense was out. And I don't, look, yeah, the Lakers had a bad shooting game. That defense was never ending. Uh, It was sweltering. It was uh, fantastic. And uh, I give it credit to all the, the defensive dogs that were out there, Dort, Adams, uh, even Robinson playing, uh, you know, actually moving his feet and making uh, LeBron work for stuff. The defense was excellent this game. Yeah, I actually left one big part of that whole equation out, guys, when I said the Thunder shot 5 of 24 from the three point line, 21% overall. Terrible, you know. But the Lakers, just like you said, Jerry, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well either. 5 of 37, even worse. Somehow they shot worse than the Thunder. 5 of 37 from the three point line. Uh, I guess you could chop it up to some good defense, guys. I mean, I, I don't know overall. I watched the whole game here. Chisholm, I know you watched the first half at home. Jerry, you've been at home for some time. You're under house arrest <laughs> during the post-game shows. But I'll be honest, before we like really throw praise at the Thunder's feet, in the first quarter, first especially, the Lakers missed, I can remember right now off the top of my head, three wide-open threes. The Lakers missed a lot, a lot wide-open looks. And I don't want to take anything away from the Thunder, Chisholm, but... Uh, I mean, sometimes you can get lucky. And what did we talk about in the pregame? The only way that the Thunder really could win this game is basically this. If the Lakers just have a bad day at the office, and this was simply just one one of those examples of 
a good team having an awful day at the office. Now, was it motivation? Were they locked in? Or were they just simply having a bad day at the office, missing wide-open shots? I don't know. You can kind of attribute it to the Thunder and their defense. Lou Dort really tried to set a tone defensively by checking LeBron James full court to start the game. But Chisholm, I mean, where do you lie on this? I, I mean, I think the Lakers obviously threw up a bad game. Now, how much do we contribute to OKC defense? I'm not entirely sure. Here's what I will say is the best defense I've seen in the bubble by, I mean, a giant margin is the Toronto Raptors. And Toronto held uh, the Lakers to 94 points a few nights ago. Lakers finished with 86 today. I, I, I think there was some frustration on the part of the Lakers that they just never felt like they got it going and never really felt like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and those guys were firing on... Uh, all cylinders would be an overstatement. A cylinder would probably what they would be asking for at this point. They were really struggling from the jump. So is that the fact that the OKC defense was so stifling and they were making it so hard? I don't know. It just felt like they never really found their rhythm. And OKC deserves some credit for that. I would say this was a good defensive performance from OKC. This was a below-average performance on offense. And I, I think some of this deserves the fact that the Lakers have had the worst defense in the bubble so far, metrically, by a large number. Like They've been pretty horrendous on the defensive end uh, in these four games. And I think OKC kind of capitalized on that with some layups. Now, what I will give OKC credit for is it never felt like LeBron James just had point-blank layups at the rim. Yep. It, it, those were few and far between. And Anthony Davis was shooting in the lane, but none of it was like the up and under layups or the you know two foot hook shots. Everything those guys were taking were a contested shot that was a little bit further out than they probably would like. Which again should be some credit to OKC. I don't think they match up well with the Lakers long term. I don't think if they play this game seven times, OKC wins seven of them. I, I think this a little bit of an anomaly. But this is the recipe if you're going to try to beat the Lakers as the Thunder. Uh, one of my favorite stats from this game. Get this. Uh, the notorious... oh, wait, is this an MC StatCat? Uh, what was it? Oh, no. What have you done? <laughs> Do it! <laughs> Watch me, pussycat. Watch me, pussycat. We're going to have to try and get through a post game without saying the word stat ever again. Yep. Can that despite be done? A, despite a couple of close calls, StatCat's still with us. There we go. Uh, you can't take it away, 2020. Uh, the uh, the fast break points in this, guys. The notorious slow Oklahoma City Thunder, 18 fast break points. The Showtime Lakers end it with 13 fast break points. And gentlemen, that's controlling the boards. That's getting back on defense. That's playing good defense. And did I say Showtime Lakers or did I say slow time Lakers? Am I right, guys? Okay, you're done. Oh, no. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's late. Who knows what Jerry's been doing in the interim since he's been on. I'm eating... What are you talking about? I'm eating a clear bubblegum snow cone, which makes no sense to me. Okay. Yeah, my daughter and I, we pick each other snow cones, and so when I went to the snow cone place, she picked clear bubblegum, so it just looks like ice. Well, don't blame this on the child, Jerry. No, she picked it. Okay. I got her a good one, and she picked this one. It's weird. Despite, I don't know what's, what's in this thing. Despite your choice of ice cream flavor. Um, sh- Snow cone flavor. Please respect the dessert. <laughs> Snow cone flavor. Um, you do bring up a good point, because one of the things Chisholm and Clear I... Clear t- bubblegum does not exist. That is a good point. <laughs> one of the points uh, Chisholm and I brought up in the uh, pregame show was just the first two matchups between L.A. and Oklahoma City. Now, the second one had no LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, yet the Lakers were still able to score 45 points in the first quarter, run the Thunder out of their own gym. But in that first matchup in Los Angeles, Jerry, if you remember, I feel like the Lakers had 30 fast-break points somewhere in the 30s where they just out-athleted Oklahoma City. And you guys are right. LeBron James really never had a clear path to the rim. Uh, The Lakers actually shot 20. They hit 20 of their 25 shots at the rim, so they they hit a high percentage, but it seemed like the the Thunder at least wanted to make sure that they just didn't have a red carpet to the rim, which was a far cry from the other night when they played Denver, and Denver just had an open lane to the rim, so adjustments were made. They also kind of cleaned up the turnovers by one. They had 14 today. They had 15 against Denver. They had 21 against Utah, so I guess there are some subtle improvements being made, but um, I'll just ask you this right off the top, uh, Chisholm. Without looking at any numbers, 
Which Thunder starter shot the best field goal percentage from the floor? Oh. Uh. Uh, Steven? You're correct. There you go. Steven was 7 to 10. Chris Paul was just behind him with 8 of 12. Everybody else. <laughs> and we'll let, uh, we'll let Jerry jump in on this one because it's his guy. Shea Gillis Alexander, 3 of 11, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Not as Jerry, I blame you. You coronated him after the first game and said, you know what? I've been wrong. I haven't been seeing it. I saw it tonight. As soon as you flipped the script, Shea is stunk. I need first you of- I need you to talk me out of this. First of all, is that my is it that husky? I I, I yeah, thought I had a nasally sound yeah, to it. Yeah, you're right. That's a bad interpretation, by the <laughs> way. Yeah, that was terrible. Was, uh, but listen, he'd start doing that thing that he usually does that I'm complaining about all the time. I mean, he made JaVel McGee look like Bill Russell on that one play. Because he's he's so soft to the rim. It was like a double clutch when he didn't even need to clutch it once. And like I say, he was just kind of doing that thing where he meanders, and, and there's really no room in basketball to meander. He meanders into the lane, sort of, am I going to take a shot? Am I going to dish it? Am I not? And it, it gets thrown out of there, and it just looks soft. And he looks like he's... Uh, you know, soft going to the hole. It is, I, this is the Shea Gilders Alexander, or I'm sorry, as the Denver announcers would call him, Alexander, that I don't like. It, it's that finesse dude. All the, even his dunk. Did you see his dunk barely got over the rim? Oh, where he made that incredible Jerry's, steal. No, and he gets and he just like kind of kind of pushes it through with two hands. Soft. It was just absolutely. You should have thrown that thing down. Just to give it to, like, oh, Lakers, finally, we got you. He's like, no, here, I'm just going to push it through the uh, rim here. He was soft, guys. He was absolutely soft. Well, there's a very good reason for that, and Chisholm knows it. I mean, the refs were gutless tonight, and they weren't helping anybody Uh, out. (laughs) Despite the fact that the Thunder shot 36 free throws and hit 32 of them. I just know when you're a small market, it's it's tough to get calls (laughs) from a gutless ref. (laughs) (laughs) Gutless, officiating. Oh, yeah, and the Lakers had 29 free throws, so the Thunder shot more. But I, did, you li- did you listen to the broadcast on oh, the way yeah. in? Is that where this oh, came from? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Boy, Shea, Shea got assaulted, which is a crime. If you get assaulted, like you could be arrested for yeah, assaulting in the, people. In the Western world, it is a crime. I just looked it up. In the in the bubble, do they have their own Disney police? They need their own like, Disney police. Oh boy, Anthony Davis assaulted Shea Gillis Alexander. I think he'll be out for the finals. Reported here first. I got to get you my serious uh, my serious password. You so you, can, so you can listen. So you can listen to other broadcasts when you have to drive and listen. Yeah, that can be a tough listen. Yeah, please uh, uh, share that with me too, Jerry. Come on now, don't leave me out. A couple can I can I just ask and I know you're driving the bus and doing a great job, Brady. Well uh third this game. This is in. your show. We know. We know who started this thing. <laughs> but, but this is the Jerry Ramsey postgame show <laughs> feature featuring others. Um am I the only one am, am I new to the fact that Chris Paul and uh LeBron James are best friends? When when did that happen? Like two thousand ten? I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. How are they best friends? How is this like a, a, a thing? Are you I, asking really, a serious question? Chris Paul's yes. a member of the banana boat. Yeah, but both of you guys are in tune to this. I am not in tune to the best friendedness of LeBron James and Chris Paul. Well, it's I, it's LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, like that force. Are you asking because Chris Paul did not? He's not from the same draft class. Is that why you're asking that question? Well, not just the same draft class. I mean, he's never like Carmelo was rumored to go to the Lakers. Obviously, Dwayne Chris Wade almost went to Miami whenever Dwayne and. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, Le- Dwayne Wade leached off of uh, LeBron to get those couple of titles. Stop. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I just don't understand the the Chris Paul, LeBron James best friend stuff. I just, I understand the banana boat thing or whatever, but I would imagine no. it has something to do with the fact that Chris Paul is a very influential person, and influential people tend to um, hang out with one another. And LeBron is another influential guy. And when we're talking about the NBA, so it's easy, as easy as that. Okay. All right. That that was the only thing that I, I kept on uh, hearing that, and I'm like, how is that a real thing? I can't believe you didn't I, know that claiming to be an NBA insider, but you know what? Teach their own. I just, that's that, that I'm not that in, I'm not inside on clicks. You're an NBA like, outsider, <laughs> is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, with the clicks, I am. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. I just I just follow the games and say, hey, that's cool, and put it on Twitter. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, get our first segment out of the way. Then with the uh, let's go ahead and try to find out who who on earth is the Thunder Player of the Game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. 
Someone tell me why it's Darius Baisley going 0-7 from the floor, 0-4 from the three-point line, <laughs> hitting two free throws, but is somehow, some way, a plus three. Wow. Someone tell me. That is odd. Or someone please tell me. One of you two better pick Lou Dort because he picked up LeBron full court. Yeah, I, oh, here, either, I, Chief. I, I will give you a crazy player of the game, okay? Uh, and I'm going to go with the Fox Sports uh, television broadcast. I'm going to go and go with, with their uh, w- how they did it. All right? The play of the game, guys, on Fox Sports Southwest. I don't know if you watched that one or if you watched ESPN. But the play of the game, according to them, was a pick that Chris Paul set for Steven Adams. What? So Steven Adams could go to the bucket and miss a layup and get fouled. That was the play of the uh, the game where the Oklahoma City Thunder were up on the Lakers by 20 points. The play of the game from Fox Sports Southwest was Chris Paul setting a pick for Steven Adams to miss a layup. Okay, Fox it, Sports Southwest, I'd like to make an announcement. I am available. <laughs> In that vein, I am going to give you the play of the game. It's Dennis Schroeder. Uh, and the reason why it's Dennis Schroeder is because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't see all the depth that's going on and how Billy Donovan is showing off his co-coach of the year, putting this stuff together. Let me tell you what's happened so far. They played an excellent game. They blew out Utah. They played a crappy game and almost beat Denver, and they played a very mediocre game and beat the number one seed in the West. Billy Donovan is an incredible coach, and Dennis Schroeder's missing has even shown it more. Dennis Schroeder, player of the game. That is off the beaten path. I'll yeah. give you credit for that. Creativity well, is an A. I'm going with the I'm going with the model that Fox Sports Southwest gave me. Tabo Cephalosha, your Thunder player of the game. <laughs> uh, can my let's see my Thunder player of the game, my Thunder player of the game. Nope, no former Thunder players on the Los Angeles Lakers, so I can't zig uh, whenever I should be zagging. Uh, my I think this is pretty obvious. Truthfully, I think Danilo Gallinari was is the unspoken hero of this ball game. Here's the thing about Danilo that he never gets enough credit for is he gets his, you know, 16 to 22 points a night pretty consistently, six rebounds, two assists. Like his stat line, you could almost copy and paste it and put it in Sharpie on a night-to-night basis, which is why he's so good. Here's the thing that you really need to pay attention to if you're watching these games. Watch when the other team goes on a run. Three, four baskets in a row. Oh, the Lakers are an 8-0 run. Coming back the other way, I will almost guarantee you Danilo is always the one either getting to the free throw line or hitting a three-pointer or making a layup. He is a run killer. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's intentional or unintentional. But four separate times tonight, on my count, in the second half, when the Lakers went on a 6-0 run, Danilo Gallinari single-handedly stopped it with a shot himself. I think that is so important to have as a guy who doesn't kind of give into the ebb and flow of the game of, oh, the Lakers are snowballing. Danilo single-handedly just removes those almost immediately because of his great shot-making and the half-court ability as well as his, you know, uh, uh, his ability to run the lanes and fast breaks and get wide open corner threes in transition. That stuff is very, very important. I thought Danilo did a great job, but every time it felt like the Lakers were just teetering on flipping that switch, Danilo slammed it back down. I was like, not so fast, my friends. Fair. And I actually like what you pointed out about Danilo Gallinari because that's always been something that I've appreciated about his game. It's just his fact, like, like you said, is being able to kill an opponent's um, runs. Mine's just going to... I, I would go Hamadou Diallo for two in a row, I guess, but I'll go Steven Adams because he was clearly... If we're talking about a game that really resembled... You guys remember that Mississippi State-Auburn game where Mississippi State won 3-2? to two? This was about as close as you could get, <laughs> it seemed like, with just the inept ineptitude on offense. So with that, I'll go Steven Adams, 7-10, like I said, from the floor. Hit four of his seven free throws, and his, overall his uh, shot looked fairly good. You know, seven rebounds, 18 points. That wasn't very convincing. And we, well, again, fairly good is pretty good. When fairly we're talking about good. Fairly, fairly good. And we didn't have, it, have that much of a chance to talk about it. So, Jerry, I'll give you a real quick before we get you out of here uh, for your loan segment on the Jerry Ramsey Thunder First Take postgame show. <laughs> uh, but Stephen Abbs did have kind of a nasty little fall and fortunately was able to hit the shot, played a few more minutes afterwards. Then he left the floor was tended to in the tunnel because they don't actually have locker rooms in these arenas in Orlando. Got tended to in, um, in the tunnel, came back out a few minutes later, looked fine. And then our very own Madison Morris, who is on the post game availability as of right now, uh, put out a quote from Steven himself saying that he, uh, I fell over and hurt myself. I found out I made the bucket and it healed me. So, Jerry, any worry at all watching 
<laughs> watching uh, Steven Adams fall like that, and then, wow, he didn't tear his ACL? Once again, this is where you don't understand basketball, like true players like me and Chisholm, uh, Brady, that whenever you Is this do an get... inside thing that got created today? <laughs> I'm, just... I'm woefully ill-prepared for this. I love this. Uh, whenever you get a, a harm and a bucket, if the bucket goes in, the harm isn't as bad. If you miss the bucket and yeah. you're fouled hard, oh, uh, your shoulder could separate, uh, your knee twist. I mean, it just, it's a little harder. There, no but, doubt. But when that bucket goes in and you've been fouled, it's like there, there's a reason it happened. There's an inertia to it. You get what I'm saying? No, well, no, Brady, you don't. But, Chisholm, you understand what I I'm totally saying. I totally understand. I totally yes, understand. When I, when I say that. So. You guys want to play 21 someday? <laughs> someday pretty soon. We can do it. My 21 days are over, bro. I'll go to 11. Oh, uh, okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, and real quick before First I do get out of here. I do want to uh, to acknowledge my man, the Egyptian microwave. He was only in there for popcorn setting, but still, still filled up, filled up some buckets there. So uh, the Egyptian microwave still alive and kicking, and uh, yeah, I'm making it a thing. Fair enough. Jerry, I guess we are only being graced by your presence for one segment, so uh, let's go ahead and thank Mr. Jerry Ramsey for joining us on the Jerry Ramsey Thunder First Game oh, Show. I refuse to do that, yeah. Chisholm doesn't. He has turned his back on the board. This is something you, you truly hate to see. You guys are going to live longer and live harder. So uh, God love you uh, and appreciate you letting an old man on the show with you. Well, of course, of course. Well, thank you, Jerry, for joining us. And uh, stay tuned, everybody. We will be joined by Mr. Wait, jo- wait, wait. We're still going? Oh, I know. <laughs> We're allowed to do radio without Jerry? Can can the radio exist? I, I didn't know. I didn't I, know. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out myself. Okay, sounds good, Jerry. See ya. Thank you, Jerry. And with that, we bring on Mr. John Ham. John, how scared were you when Stephen Adams fell to earth and grabbed his, his, his left knee? Excuse me. Not at all. I, I, I knew it was just a flesh wound. I, I wasn't concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have been concerned if Stephen Adams himself would have ran to his side and called for help. But since since that didn't happen, I, I figured he was okay. No, look, he uh, he played a few possessions after that. That was promising. Obviously, went off, uh, went back to the quote unquote locker room for some treatment, and uh, and came back out. Yeah, that's Steve. Exactly. Now there's always the caveat of Stephen Adams' pain threshold and let's just say my pain threshold. I probably would have cried, 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 <laughs> cried all the way home out of the bubble. But I, I will say, and we're, we're going to, of course, find this out, John, as we go along here, but it seems like a lot of the talk concerning the Thunder um, when we're talking about who like won the quarantine, who did this, what can the Thunder benefit from, a lot of that was kind of go, thrown at the feet at Stephen Adams. Like Usually at this point in the season, at the end of the regular season, going into the postseason, He's always dealing with something. And so we've had this kind of honeymoon period of, this is 100% Steven Adams. This is as close as we're going to get to that going into the postseason. So this is just kind of a reminder that, unfortunately, some of these nagging injuries might come about. The biggest thing for him, I guess, uh, would be just trying to do as much as he can offensively. But tonight, John, he was 7-10 to from the floor, 4-7 from the free throw line, 18 points. This is what, I mean, this is what we've seen out of Steven Adams um, in these three, out of, these three uh, bubble games thus far, but I'm just curious, did you expect him to be this impactful offensively over all these first three games? You know, let me say, first of all, because I saw a lot of people just sort of bemoan when the injury happened on Twitter, you know, oh, we just, you know, finally got Steven healthy. I mean, why does anyone expect that he was going to be healthy in this scenario? I mean, Steven always plays so hard. He puts himself at risk. He gets banged up. So, you know, I, I think sort of expecting him to be fully healthy for the entire playoff run was a bit of a fool's errand. Um, but as far as how he's playing, you know, look, I, first of all, let's give some credit here. Uh, I, the Lakers, it's very charitable of them to try to keep the U.S. Postal Service up and going by mailing this one in. That was very nice <laughs> of them to do that. Um, so you have to keep that in mind as we do this analysis. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I, there was a point where JaVale McGee seemed like he was the most active Laker that was out there. Maybe gave Stephen a little bit of fits, but uh, but he had uh, he had some uh, some good times against Markeith Morris, his former teammate. And uh, you know, look, even after uh, the injury, and he came back out. He looked fine. I thought he's um, you know he's he's giving OKC another threat. And with all of their perimeter options, he's a guy that can facilitate a little bit from the high post as well. And you know, it's uh, so far Thunder seeing some dividends from that. 
I'll say, like I uh, before the show or before the game. Sorry, John. I, you and I talked in the air during the Triple M Ranch, and I threw out this cockamamie theory that you know Thunder don't have anyone who can guard wings. I don't know who's going to guard Anthony Davis. This is just about as bad mm-hmm. of a matchup as it can be, and I just apparently couldn't be more wrong because Lou Dort can just guard LeBron James full court and hold him to 19 points, and everything's right in the world. Yeah, I mean, look, Lou Dort and Andre Robertson did did the best they could, right? You know, and and I mean, again, I mentioned the mailing in thing earlier. I mean, I think the Lakers, uh, w- with a bit more motivation, you might have saw a little bit of a different result, especially from LeBron James. But you know, for them, I think it's just about getting into the playoffs healthy. And so, why Anthony Davis is taking charges this time of year in this scenario is just sort of mind-boggling, right? But, um, you know, we sort of hoped, Chisholm, that maybe some of the competitive uh, fires between LeBron and Chris Paul would kick in and, uh, and sort of make this, uh, you know, something else than what it was. Uh, it was wishful thinking. I sort of thought the Lakers were going to be mostly checked out, and I think that's what we got. Talking to John Hamm on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline here on the Thunder First Take postgame show. John, we've... We now have two games with no Dennis Schroeder. So we've had kind of the experience of SGA running the floor, running the offense. Two games in a row back during the uh, the regular season, we only saw that once when Chris Paul uh, left to go more in the loss of Kobe Bryant when the Thunder dropped that home game to the Dallas Mavericks. Tonight, SGA's 3 of 11, 1 of 4 from the three-point line, hit all six of his free throws, 13 points, five assists, only had two turnovers, which is a, a far cry from the Denver performance. But... Two games in, I mean, what are your thoughts of when SGA is the primary ball handler on the floor, knowing full well that, yeah, the talent around him isn't very conducive to him running a successful offense, but two games in, like, is this something that you, you think could potentially age poorly, or is SGA going, do you feel like he can potentially pick something up and get some more production out of the, these isolation sets? You know, it it could go up from here. I think it's you know, it's a pretty uh, pretty short um, lane before you have to take off at this point, right? So, uh, I I think the offense has looked pretty shaky when he's out there. And again, the caveat, as you mentioned, Brady, uh, you know, when he's on the floor with Hamadou Diallo and Andre Robertson and Nerlens Noel, that makes it a little bit difficult, right? Because things get a little jam packed and it's hard to do a lot of things. So. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't sat down and did any, you know, stat diving on this yet. Not that it would like unveil a whole lot with a small sample size, but you know, just from the eye test, it just, it, it feels like it's a little disjointed, not quite as smooth. And, and some of that is a testament too to what Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder have done this season. I was going to ask a question here about the fact that the next three games are very winnable. They play the Grizzlies, they play the Wizards and they play the Suns. And then I remember the Suns are the best team in the bubble. So I don't know if that, that question really held water. <laughs> Uh, you know, look, they can always uh, cool off by then. That's always a possibility. You know, look, uh, if they were sort of a French playoff contender coming into this thing, um, I actually like, I mean, it's not surprising. Monty Williams is a good head coach. Um, you know, so that I'm not surprised that he's down there and, and getting the guys to compete and, uh, you know, tr- giving them something, at least in the, in the short term, to fight for, right? The, the possibility of a playoff spot. Who knows if that's going to be in play by the time they play this weekend. But, um, you know, again, for OKC, I, I think the most important thing in, in the next few games and going forward is not so much about seeding. You know, frankly, it doesn't matter a whole lot whether they wind up, you know, three or six. Um, but, you know, they just need to they just need to get kind of comfortable, kind of get back into a rhythm and get healthy. And, um, you know, if that involves dropping a game or two along the way, so be it. The most important thing is to get into the postseason ready to go. As we all know, John, you're certainly the man to go to once a big trade goes down or, you know, there's contract numbers to be discussed. You're always the guy that I need to look forward to first. But please remind, help remind the listeners, what exactly do the Phoenix Suns give up in order to get rid of T.J. Warren, who is scoring, uh, what, 39 points per game in the bubble? <laughs> you know, uh, actually, the, the truth is, uh, his, he was... <laughs> I, I hate to, to say it like this, but he was sold. I mean, he was traded to the Indiana Pacers for cash. That was the trade. I think the Suns put a second-round pick in the trade as well. Um, and some of that was just cap maneuverability. They used some of the cap space to, uh, for example, take on Aaron Baines from Boston, sign Ricky Rubio. So, you know, like I saw Kendrick Perkins just bemoaning this on Twitter earlier. And, you know, if they hadn't have traded T.J. Warren, then they couldn't have got Ricky Rubio. Um, the Suns badly needed a point guard. Like, it made me feel really weird having to defend Phoenix. 
Um, but, you know, I kind of understand where they were coming from. And also, too, this feels awfully fluky. <laughs> it feels really fluky from T.J. Warren. So, you know, if, if he's still doing this next season, maybe I'll come back and reevaluate things. But, but there were some strategic reasons why Phoenix moved him like they did. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, John, I, as far as the Thunder go, the big conclusion I'm drawing so far, the offenses look clunky in stretches. The officiating has uh, been bad, I would say, for both teams as far as it's just so ticky-tack. It's hard to really get an offensive rhythm. It's gutless officiating. It, okay, I didn't want to <laughs> quite go there. Uh, but the, the, the portion of this that I would say has been a takeaway for me, at least through three games, is Utah, while not being an offensive juggernaut, is a fine offensive team. Denver, a very good offensive team. And the Lakers, I would say, is a very good offensive team. And the Oklahoma City Thunder defenses look pretty good, all three of those matchups. I, I never want to jump too quickly to conclusions. But is the OKC defense being this good through three games enough for me to say this might be their bread and butter and they might be one of the better defensive teams in the bubble? I, I don't think that's a stretch to say. And I think the benefit is is that, yes, even though they do have some of this defensive power, they've got some offensive power as well, and that's, you know, the Thunder have had some stifling defensive teams in the past, but then when you got beyond, you know, Durant and Westbrook, the, the scoring options were few and far between. But, you know, just when we were talking on, you know, Triple M earlier today and Sam Mays was, you know, talking about the top four guys on the Thunder, didn't even mention Danilo Gallinari, right? That's, that's some kind of depth to have there. So um, I do think the defense is legit. Uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the young guys sort of getting an extra offseason in to help with that. And, um, you know, they're not a team that's going to turn you over and get a bunch of points in transition. That's not what this team is about. But, um, you know, they get stops. And I think, uh, you know, when they're at their best, they limit second-chance opportunities as well. Uh, they take the opportunities, you know, to get down the court when they're there, but they typically don't force it. They're just sort of smart and professional. And that's why you're starting to see, you know, some people that are kind of going out on a limb somewhat you know, saying, hey, OKC could cause some heartburn in, in the playoffs this offseason. It's, it's not surprising. And one more question before we get you out of here, John, but kind of on an individual level on the same topic uh, with Lou Dort, and I wish I could remember who tweeted this uh, so I can give them credit, but I, I 100%, I 100% agree. When you think of the prototypical historical two-guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder, one's brain kind of goes to athletic, can't shoot, one-way player. Lou Dort mm-hmm. today shot 4 of 11. He was 0 for 4 from the three-point line. I feel like he's hit, like he's only hit that one three-pointer in these three bubble games, right, Chisholm? It was the banked-in one. Yeah, the banked-in against yeah. Denver, yeah. So his shooting is nothing to write home about. But this tweet was basically, he has a much better foundation to start from than a Terrence Ferguson, than an Andre Arverson, than even a Tabo Cephalosha. So if he just simply makes the same type of development that those three players made, you're, you could find yourself having a competent two-way player. And I'm just curious, do you feel that same way about Lou Dort, or is it still far too early to, to make even a, like a, a claim like that? I, I think uh, I think the tweet came from Andrew Schleck, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yes. And uh, Yeah, and, and he's right. I mean, now here's the thing. I mean, people obviously, they're, they're focused on 3 and D you know, uh, capability. And turns out Lou Dort is not a 60% three-point shooter like he was in the scrimmages. Who, who would have known? But, um, but, I mean, the other thing is, is that he is able to put the ball on the floor. He's able to create a little bit. And that is something that, you know, Tabo was, was a spot-up shooter. It took him a couple of minutes to get the jumper off. But, you know, uh, that's what he could do. And he really had a, one season where he shot like 42%. Robertson never developed a three-point shot. Um, started to find his game inside, uh, closer to the basket before that horrible knee injury. So, yeah, Dort is starting off with uh, with a little bit more to work with. So, um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens with his shot. Uh, can he develop more consistency from the outside? Because if he can, and if he has, you know, guys that close out on him, that he can then put the ball on the floor, create a little bit. It's a whole new dimension for this Thunder team that, frankly, is, you know, that we're, we're not used to seeing from this squad. Good stuff as always, John. Always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Take care. Thank you very much, John Ham on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, Franchise Thunder Insider, and OKC Dream Teamer. Go subscribe Thunder to this podcast. After darker and Thunder After Darker. Go subscribe to this podcast. Thunder it's good after stuff. Darker really is doing it. Thunder After Darkness as well. Okay. Grammar English. Oh yeah, I'm kind of a writer. Yikes.
No, you're a radio guy now. You've crossed that threshold. Congrats. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Fair enough to say, but oh well. Thank you once again to John. Welcome Hand. to the opinion business. Be more opinionated. <laughs> God bless you, reporters. Do we have to have a take? Fence sitting. Hamadou Diallo has been the best, most consistent player for this Oklahoma City Thunder team in three games. Not true, but I like your passion. Is it Chris Paul? Yeah, it's Chris Paul. That he is, missed a free throw. He that, lost him a game. That doesn't mean he wasn't consistent. Burn him to the ground. I don't know about that. Chris Paul's always the answer of who's the most consistent NBA player, Chris Paul. Who's the most consistent Thunder player, Chris Paul. Who's the most consistent grocery buyer, Chris Paul. Yeah, because he's on that vegan diet. I bet he does he his laundry four, on the same day every week. He like, buys four things from the grocery store. Come on now. Celery. Kale. Beyond Meat Burgers. Have you had one of those? I have, and... I just don't know how to cook them. I've had multiple people tell me they're good. You cook them like meat? Well, I mean... You grill them? You... There's got to be something else to it, because that's what I did. Season the hell out of them. Okay. See, that's what I missed. I but, just... but also, they're... They're extremely carby, so don't eat them a lot. Don't eat them frequently. So wait, you're telling me the healthy food's not healthy for me? It's not even that healthy. America! It, it is simply a meat substitute. We can't do anything! It, 2020 is hard for everyone. 107.7 The Franchise. Thunder First Take postgame show. That was the screaming voice of Chisholm Holland. This is Brady Trantham. The Thunder defeat... The, even the vegans are screwing it up! <laughs> the Thunder defeat the LA Lakers 105-86. to one guest down, or guess two guests down. We'll have a third one. Miss Madison Morris joins us following Thunder postgame availability next after the break. And Oklahoma City conquers the LA Lakers 105 to 86. Conquers is a big word. Well, they did because. Do we own the Staples Center now? Um, it was technically a Lakers home game. Lil Wayne was there. Oh, that's true. So. Did uh, you see all the Thunder fa- virtual fans? There were like dozens I, of them. I saw like the screenshot. A few of my friends are actually on there. I thought they were doing just home fans. Yeah, you mean during this game, or do you mean yeah, overall? Were, were the Thunder the home team or the Lakers? The Lakers were the home okay, team. That's what I thought. That was why I was so confused when I saw dozens of Thunder fans on the video board. Oh, is this like a joke that there are no such thing as Lakers fans? No, this is no joke. During the game that we just watched, <laughs> there was dozens of Thunder fans on the video board. No satire, no comedic. I know I, I know I lie a lot for humor. I know he's getting up there in age, but surely the Lakers are going to try and have like a postseason game with Jack Nicholson as a virtual fan. He has to. Come on, it feels weird. He has to. Need to get Who's Jack? the guy who wears all the the crazy clothes and flies on the planes? Madison, you know who it is. Madison, who? Madison Morris on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. What up? Who's oh, the who's um, the really famous rich guy who flies around all the time and goes to Lakers games? Are you talking about the guy that like has the longer white hair yeah. and kind of wears like oh yeah, okay yeah. I know Goldstein who you're about. I, yeah I don't have a name yeah Goldstein's it, correct I think is Goldstein yeah, yeah, yeah he goes to all the post game press conferences and the interns always hand him a uh, post game box score yes <laughs> he has no credential by the way he just he just walks right that's by. what you can do when you're rich. Power moves only. Fair enough. But yes, Madison Morris does join us. So what Madison does when she walks around the station, she just sits around and hopes people hands her things. I mean, it's worked for me so far. So yeah, going on four years of that. Good call on your part. Probably the best thing to do. Madison's kind of scary. But Little Caesars Hot Running Hotline, Madison Morris, Franchise Thunder Insider. And Madison, you were just on what seems like from Twitter, from your dynamite quotes that I've been sharing, uh, follow Madison Morris at M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N. I did everybody a favor there. Morris, you can spell that name on your own, listeners. But uh, it seemed like a pretty uh, pretty upbeat post-game uh, availability. M- much different than what we saw um, the last time the Thunder had a post-game availability, mainly because Chris Paul just kind of took the first question and said, I lost us the game. I missed that free throw. If we if I had to hit that, we would have won the game. But uh, much, much more jubilant Thunder Bunch this time. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, Chris Paul was one of the guys that we got to hear from today. And, yeah, I mean, he still was taking ownership out there. I think someone asked him about, you know, the turnovers and how that's kind of been a problem since they started playing these games in the bubble. And he's like, guys, that's on me. You know, I am the leader of this team. Anything that happens, you know, I'm supposed to be uh, pretty much taking ownership for that. I need to talk to these guys, kind of get their minds right. Anything that doesn't go wrong, that's kind of on me. And so, you know, that really does showcase just a great quality of a leader. And so I think he is kind of, uh, you know, stepping into that role quite nicely. But also we got to talk to Steven Adams, and he had nothing but high praises to say of Lou Dort and Andre Robertson because 
they had quite the task. And I know you guys have probably already talked about it enough, but uh, honestly, Stephen Adams just had great things to say about them. And obviously, when Lou Dort gets on there, he is just as humble as can be. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I'm told to do. If they're telling me to go out there and stop LeBron James, well, I'm going to do my best to do it. And he even said, you know, I have things that I have to work on. There's still um, little mishaps here and there that are on me. But he was like, you know what? I, I I was proud of my performance. You know, it was more of a team effort. It's not just about what I did out there. It's what the whole team did. And, like, Thunder won the game, not just me. So it was kind of cool. And, yeah, you guys are right. They were upbeat. Billy Donovan was very proud of his team. And it's good to see that. I mean, you should take ownership in a win like this. That's a good one. Now, I uh, actually quoted you quoting Stephen Adams, but go ahead for people who missed the quote. That's super meta. Of Stephen Adams. <laughs> what, what did he say in regards to his... I think his... you should just retweet. I think well, you're taking away from Madison's tweet if you just quote tweet and say, hey, second what she said. Right. It's the Michael no, Scott no, Wayne Gretzky no. thing. Exactly. Yeah, no. Y'all, this was so great because Stephen Adams, first of all, was sitting there eating a snack the entire time. And so, you know, he put in quite the performance. He deserves a little good treat to his game availability. We all know how much he adores doing that. So he sat there and um, obviously was asked kind of about that fall that he took. And he straight up said he was like, I fell, I hurt myself, but then someone told me I made the bucket and it healed me. I was fine. And it was just, it was classic Stephen Adams. I mean, he's not going to get on there and say, Oh, yeah, like, this guy pushed me, I tripped, like, that was horrible, like, yeah, you gotta, he was like, I was fine, like, nothing to worry about, and whatever, don't want to talk about it. Did he get assaulted? So, did, did he, he get press charges, charges on Javel? <laughs> um, I don't believe they did. Not that I've heard of yet, you know, stranger things have happened, but so far so good. Okay, I just heard Madison's, there's a lot of criminal activity going Madison's on. privy, she's had to listen to some Thunder games on the local broadcast. <laughs> It's true. It's, it's true, my friend. It's it's always a fun adventure. It's but... a ride, an absolute <laughs> ride. I don't I don't venture very often, but today I got to enjoy it. Thirty six free throws. The Thunder shot on an unrelated note. Should have shot eighty six by my count, <laughs> based on what I heard. Well, Madison, kind of in regards to that, because one of the players who was apparently assaulted all game was Shea Gillis Alexander. Now. We've now seen two games of him running the offense without Chris Paul on the floor. And, of course, Dennis Schroeder is gone for how long, we don't know. But he's gone for now for the foreseeable future. 3 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from the three-point line. And at times when he's running the offense, Madison, it just seems like the Thunder's offense is just bogged down to so much of a degree that they're just hoping that the opponent doesn't go on a scoring barrage by the time Chris Paul is able to come back on the floor. But just in these two games that you've been able to see, what... What are some problems you're seeing with SGA running the offense, or what are some things that you're seeing that you actually like? Yeah, you know, there's actually a couple of things that I've seen that are almost a little iffy. There was a couple of times today where uh, SGA was pretty much out there as the one guy, and you would see Danilo Gallinari taking the ball down the court. It's kind of like, I don't know if this is a faltering in the confidence or if it's just something that is being called up, or if it's simply just Danilo saying, hey, like, I'm going to call some players. Been in this position before. I don't know. There's just a few things here and there um, that you kind of scratch your head on and wonder, like, what's going on? What is the play being called here? But at the same time, I've been impressed uh, pretty much every time that SGA has made a play out there. I think that he's still having just those electrifying moments. You know, he still kind of has uh, little spurts here and there where you're kind of like, man, this guy's so good. Like, he's so valuable. He is just doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. I think, you know, he did have a good performance today. It was a little bit more on the quiet end. And so you kind of want to see a guy like that be the guy that Chris Paul was today and just have the performance of a lifetime, have the performance that people are talking about and just really rack up all the points and also uh, kind of do all the dirty work. But, yeah, there's just things here and there that I think um, Shay is still adjusting to. I think that he's still... Uh, being called upon on different aspects of his game. He's kind of still learning that. And they were talking a little bit about that before. I actually watched the ESPN broadcast today, so they were talking a little Good bit call. about... Yeah, Doris Burke. I, you uh, can't miss out on Doris Burke whenever she's available. Oh, my gosh. That's my girl. That's my girl. So how do I watch ESPN? I think it was a little behind, though, because I was on Twitter, and like people would be tweeting stuff about what just happened. I'm like, oh, dang, Like this hasn't happened yet. This is just ruining everything. But aside from that, um, I really do think that he is stepping into the role that he had prepared for him. You know, this is kind of a, the whole plan with the Thunder franchise, just making sure that Shea Gilchrist Alexander feels ready to 
for lack of a better term, take the reins. And they're really preparing him to do something great with this team. So I think, you know, right now in this bubble situation, he's easing into that, but he's doing it pretty well, and he's still having pretty dominating performances, which is exactly what they're asking of him. Now, John and Chisholm seem to think that the Lakers just kind of mailed it in tonight. Uh, not a very... What gave it away? Not a very the positive... nine points from Anthony Davis <laughs> or the four assists from LeBron James? I'll let you pick. Uh, or the five of 37 three-point performance. Uh, I mean, Madison, how, how much of this was just the Lakers just not giving a damn? And how much of it was the Thunder just took it to him defensively? Yeah, here's the thing. I obviously didn't want to be slaughtered by Thunder Nation on Twitter, so I didn't say anything about this, but I'm no, sure no, 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 no. You got to get slaughtered yes. every so often so you appreciate when you're praised. I feel like there's a saying there somewhere. Honestly, I'm ready to be slaughtered for this. I really just don't think the Lakers were on tonight. Like, I don't want to take this away from the Thunder. They did play pretty sound defense. They were able to... Uh, really take away a lot of those key moments for the Lakers, which was great. Like, I'm not taking that away from them at all. But if you see some of these shot selections that the Lakers were making, they were just ugly. They were just not well thought out. It looked like nothing was drawn up for that. Guys like Danny Green were super off. You know, LeBron James was pretty much just going and doing his breakthrough performances to the rim, and that was great for him. But then Anthony Davis gets in foul trouble. You don't really see a ton from Kyle Kuzma. He finally was able to get that three ball to go down a couple of times, but it was just, ugh. Like, it just wasn't a good Lakers showing, and they've been having these struggles since they entered Orlando. You know, they don't look like the Lakers team that everyone saw back in January and February and March and all of that before the shutdown. You know, they just they don't look like that. But as I was saying, I'm not going to take away what Oklahoma City did tonight. You know, it was pretty... It's pretty good. It's pretty entertaining, and it's exciting to see. If you're a Thunder fan moving forward, you want to see this team take big wins like that. So good for them on that part. Uh, But I still kind of stand by the fact that I just feel like the Lakers were super off tonight. Do you think they're going to take away Billy Donovan's Coach of the Year award because he basically threw Andre Robertson to the wolf by making him guard LeBron James (laughs) in minute one? (laughs) Now go out there. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I wasn't like... Just for clarity, horrified. I thought Andre did a great job. Yeah, no, I, I seriously, I wasn't horrified at all. I thought he did pretty well. There were a couple times that he really took away uh, LeBron James's, um like, attempts to really do something he's good at. And I was kind of like, okay, Andre, like, good for you. I'm doing something great like that. So, yeah, you know, I think Billy Donovan is trusting this guy. He's talking with him and saying, you know, how prepared do you feel? How strong do you feel? Okay, well, go out and prove it. And so that's exactly what Andre's been doing, and I really do. Uh, I give him claps for that. I think he did a great job tonight against LeBron. Here's a random one. How hard, and this is for you as well, Chisholm, how hard did everybody laugh on that three-man weave fast break the uh, uh, Lakers had and Danny Green just decided, I'm going to throw this layup straight up into the air and make no attempt to try and lay the ball in. That was one of the more comedic sequences. someone else to get it. Yeah, someone take, it's a lob. Please. Yeah, I I think he was really hoping someone was going to be there to get it, but there was so much confusion on the offensive end for the Lakers tonight that it was kind of like, there were so many shots, like Dion Waiters put up a couple that just like, well, that's Dion. The backboard, and you were like, was that a shot? Or was it just like, (laughs) I don't know, trying to beat out the shot clock. I don't. There's just so many weird moments for the Lakers tonight, guys. Oh, real quick, Mass, before we let you get out of here, where are my manners? Mike Mescal is in the concussion protocol. The floor is yours. Okay. Go, go ahead and, and say Madison, some words. I think if you're ever going to make your uh, jump at Mike Muscala, this will be your chance because he's a little dizzy. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way that I could get Mike Muscala. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the the thing, shade that just got thrown. <laughs> oh, I threw it at what? you. At least you're on the air with me. You're just <laughs> tossing it at Mike. Mike's not even listening. <laughs> no, I'm throwing it at Mike. No, 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 you are not. You can backtrack if you would like. Everyone heard you just rail on Mike Muscala. He's probably listening on the franchise app right now. No, I mean, they don't call him Moose for nothing, I guess. Good God. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I'm out there. I'm going to take deep breaths right now because I'm literally sitting on the floor of my boyfriend's bedroom. But he's going to have to understand. Yeah, I know. It's good stuff. I, I just do my best radio spots when I sit on the floor. I don't know why, but here we are. And so, yeah, guys, honestly, I'll just keep it at this. 
wishing him a speedy recovery so I can tweet in all caps again. It's very sad not being able to do that because nobody else deserves my all caps. Fair enough. Touche. Madison, go get some good sleep. Thank you so much, as always. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a good time. Of course. Madison Morris? Mike Muscala, hater Madison Morris. Whoa. The plot twist for 2020 that we did not see coming. But Madison Morris, Franchise Thunder Insider, OKC82 Podcast, which, by the way, if you're just now tuning in and you're going, dang it, I wanted to listen to Chisholm and Brady talk basketball Nobody said that. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody said, wait, John was on? I'm sure one of our mothers did. Who knows? Maybe. Perhaps not. Are we clipping Jerry out of the first segment on the OKC82 podcast? Probably. Oh, man, it was lost. It got... Uh, Don't know what happened. It's it's a shame. Technology. It's a shame. But yes, go listen to the OKC82 podcast. Subscribe to that. If you want to listen to this post-game show and all of our post-game shows and all other content, I'm sure... I'm sure people will be entertained by it, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Everyone's entertained by a Thunder victory. The Thunder do defeat the LA Lakers 105 to 86. They ram out of the gym by shooting five of a thousand from the three point line. Have no fear, Thunder fans. Random stat before we sign off very quickly. Yes. This is the only game all year that the Lakers never had a lead. Wow. This is also the Lakers' lowest scoring game, and now the Thunder have defeated every Western Conference team. They haven't beaten the Lakers until tonight. There you go. So ever we, or just this season? This season. Oh gosh, see, ever would so be hard sho- to believe. We but. shoved our stat cat into the final five seconds of the show. No, we did a stat cat at the jump. Remember, Jerry? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No more soundbite. Yeah. No but, more soundbite. Yes, that was Chisholm Holland. Thank you once again to Jerry Ramsey, John Hammond, Madison Morris for joining us tonight. The Thunder defeat the Lakers. They've got the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. I believe that tip off is at three. So we'll probably have you covered. Maybe around 5.30, maybe around 6.30 for the post-game show, depending on how things are going to go. But we will let you know as soon as possible. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the Thunder First Take post-game show. You're listening to 107.7 The Franchise. Oh, mother... It was really weird first part of the show. I was just wondering if that was a post-game basketball show. Seemed like it was something else, but... you ain't met Player P yet, huh? No, I love him. I'm always going to love him. But I'd almost be willing to stand in front of the post office and give you 30 minutes to draw a crowd and give me a public ass whooping. The experience is unmatched. We're good, streaky! Yeah! Hey, cool, I'm cool. Bring, bring your green hat, let's go!